Hey there, this is the old 77. It's a safe place in an unsafe world. Call or text the old 77 listener line at 573-246-0779. Warning, foul language may occur due to the subject matter. Thanks for listening. Now, let's get on with the show. Here we are. So this is Matt. What's up, JT? How you doing, brother? Hey, man. This is Dave. Hey, Dave. Good to meet you, man. I've been enjoying listening to the podcast. No, thanks for that. I I appreciate it. It's um, it's one of those things, um, I think that you'd all know this, like sometimes, especially when you're first starting out, you're like, am I kind of speaking in a barrel is anybody listening to this you know like right. but right. um but but yeah no I, I appreciate it especially like i say coming from anyone who's actually you know been in audio for a living i really do appreciate the feedback it's really helped me you know stay motivated yeah yeah how long have you been doing that one how long have you been doing the paranormal one now um well, I started the Fortunate Sun in May, so the Paranormal Sun would have been just at the end of May or maybe early June. Yeah. Because I think I was about three or four episodes in when I split them off. Uh huh. You realized that you had enough content to to uh, enough interest in that topic to create a whole separate mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah. You... Yeah, and and you know, um, as with anything, I mean, I, I've I've definitely. As the, as the saying goes, I've been around the traps, you know, I've, I've done enough in business to know if you're too broad, then you're going to, you, you, you're going to fail to attract people. You know, they might go, Oh, listen to that episode. Right. But then right. they'll go, now this guy's off talking about, you know, UFOs, what the hell. So, um, you know, I, I thought about it and it's like, it doesn't cost me anything extra right. to do the second podcast. It's just the time of, you know, trying to do both and trying to keep up the social media and that. But that's why I just thought, oh, it's just easier if I split it off. And that way, the way that I look at it, the paranormal sun's a bit more scripted because I have to do the research. Right. And the fortunate sun is just kind of like JT unscripted where I just, you know, kind of go, go off on tangents and yeah. sure. have a bit of fun. <laughs> it's nice to do that sometimes. Yes, it is. That's, all, that's the premise of our oh, yeah. entire show, man. Right. We just go off and talk. And yeah. that's why I love it. And I know, um, I know yeah. that the people in the UFO community, all the, all of those paranormal people, like those are dedicated people. Like once they get word of your podcast and they hear it, like they're going to listen to it, you know, because it's a it's a niche market, you know. It's uh, mm-hmm. like you said, it's not too broad, you know, but it's also not too too thin that that yeah. there's not very many people that will listen. You know, you can get a pretty good chunk of people going that route. I think these days, absolutely conspiracy theories any of that kind of thing these days well and talk about some of your last shows too so i was i was listening to the wendigo show earlier that was that's a creepy one man yeah um it's one of those like i say that the the amazing bit for me is i've i can remember from the earliest age reading these old paperback books like flying saucers are real and uh you know some of these books that we had I, i mean from being five or six years old and yet here I am at 42, and I go back and I look at some of these cases and subjects that I thought, oh, man, yeah, I, I'm not going to learn anything. And every time, man, I'm not kidding, I am completely blown away by something new that I find out, and I'll go, I had no idea. Right. So it's, it, you know, it, it's great for me because the, the real idea behind it for me was yeah, mo- almost everybody on this planet knows what a UFO is or has heard of it or seen it. 
but it's like, you know, some of the cases that to me are just like, what the hell is going on here? You know, it's mm -hmm. like it's so off the wall or it's so out of left field. I mean, everybody covers Roswell, right? You know, everybody does Roswell. Mm -hmm. Everybody does Area 51. And I might get around to them at some point. But my whole idea was let's make some of those in to keep people interested. But let's show them some of these things. Like you were saying, Scott, like the Wendigo, you know, um, the more you dig into it. Um, and, you know, as I dig into it as well, as I research, I oftentimes – go, oh, man, I remember reading about something similar to this, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Right. And you start, you know, connecting the dots and going, shit, you know, mm -hmm. it, it, you know, it was just like the Wendigo. We had similar. I, I remember reading about similar legends just by a different name. Yeah. Yeah. A absolutely. lot of those a lot of those things like that have different names, but a lot of times they are describing the same phenomenon. It just depends on on the culture and the different location of where it's at in the world. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely no, different different culture, different religions, different mythologies, but a lot of it's about the same stuff. Now that that's it. I mean, yeah, it's like you know, you look at some of these things that are universal around the world, like uh, giants. Uh, nearly every culture has some mention about giants. Nearly every culture mentions a flood myth of some sort. Yep. You know, and it's just. Again, you, you've, you've heard me go off on these tangents where I get really pissed off at debunkers. But the, the reality is to me, it's just like you can't have two or three hundred cultures around the world that are all crazy or all, you know, uh, yeah. oh, well, they, they ate some bad wheat. And, you know, right. it was, uh, yeah, you know, they, they, they hallucinated it. It's, it's like I say. He's a bit of a kind of an out there guy in, as you were saying, the conspiracy community. But this guy, Richard C. Hoagland, his whole thing was about the face on Mars and that. Mm -hmm. But um, I heard him over and over and over. And it's the perfect analogy. And that's why I use it, is that it only takes one white crow to prove that not all crows are black. You only need one. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, like you were going back to the fact that like all these people can't be crazy. That's the same way I feel about the the abduction phenomenon because it's so similar. Mm -hmm. um, everybody reports the same, you know, the greys or the uh, the um, the mantid the mantis beings, you know, and uh, uh, these things are so specific that if this were just like some weird thing going on in somebody's brain. I don't know, man. It's just, it's too specific. Don't you agree? Oh, 100%, man. It, it, it's like dreams, okay? I don't know about you guys, but almost everyone has had that dream of being back in school. You yeah. Know? yeah. And, we were just talking yeah, about uh, this. Man, to this day, 42 years later, there are times I'll wake up in the morning and I'll go, oh, shit, I'm glad that wasn't real. Right, I've been out of school right. for 25 years. But, <laughs> but the thing is, if we sat down, like you say, and, and we compared our stories about you know, our dreams, I'll guarantee you there would be significant differences in the dreams that Scott has about school or Matt has about school or Dave or JT. But as you say, when you're talking about these greys, you're talking about these mantis beings, tall whites, all of it, I, I don't know what it is. And, and as you've seen, the way that I've tried to package the paranormal sun is I hate those high and mighty people who go, well, like you, you hear me go on and on on the show. Well, this is what it is. Right. I know the answer. No. So I, I'm very careful to not, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll lean and I'll say this is how, how I might feel a little bit. 
But still, I mean, at the end of the day, there's got to be something to this. Mm -hmm. it, right. it can't be everybody, you know, drunk or, you know, uh, seeing the planet Venus or, you know, there's got to be something right. to it. I don't necessarily know what it is. Right. But, you know, it, it, like, like you say, I, I just don't see how it can all be hoaxers or, you know, people with mental illness or mm -hmm. hallucinations. Uh, I'm just not buying it. Have you ever had any sleep paralysis experiences, JT? Not that I know of. Uh, you know, not that like I've had that dream of the hag on my chest or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I may have. I, I'm, I'm a bit of a of an odd person. I don't have a massive amount of dreams, and it's funny. Me, me, and my my partner Vi were just talking about this because she has some really vivid dreams, and she'll wake up. So she she lost her mom last year. And she lost her sister two years ago, and she dreams a lot about, you know, basically being back in a simpler time with her family mm -hmm. and spending time with her sister and her mom. And, you know, she'll say to me, oh, well, you know, does that happen to you? And I tell her, look, honest to goodness, I think since my mom's passed away, I've maybe had one or two dreams mm -hmm. where, you know, it was like I got a phone call from her or something. Yeah. But I, I, all I'm saying is I'm not that type of person who has these really lucid, right. memorable dreams. Mm -hmm. I've had a few in my life, yeah, but it's so one of those I. things I yeah. really wish I had. Me you too. Know, some the, of these experiences. I lost a very close friend of mine. Um, I guess he died in 03, so yeah, you're talking 17 years ago uh, this month. And um, when he died, um, I had a dream like maybe 10 years after the fact uh, I was kind of just hanging out with my friends in this dream and he was there. And I said, I said, Christian, what's up, man? Like, where'd you come from? Mm -hmm. And as I was dreaming, I felt like I, I, I was like, you died though. Yeah. Right. I didn't say that to him. But I was like, you died. He's like, no, I'm just hanging out with you guys. Uh huh. And he just kind of smiled. And then I woke up and I was like, holy shit. It was kind of like he came, he came back just to say what's up to me. Yeah. While I was asleep. It, he kind of reached out in a way. I feel mm -hmm. like that sometimes, yeah, that that happens. Yeah, I think that's a thing. Yeah. You know? Oh, mm -hmm. oh definitely, man. There, there are some really astounding cases that, you know, I've read about in the past. And, again, you know, I'm not kidding, guys. You know, I, I, I sent Scott that, that Trello board, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I must have. I must have 150 oh. subject cards wow. for four shows. So as I keep saying on the program, it's like I will get around to there's X, Y, or so Z. There's so much, and, right. You know, right. Yeah. But, but there's some really astounding cases like this, like, mm -hmm. like you just mentioned. There was one during World War II, and this lady you know, basically went to sleep. And in her dream, mm -hmm. her brother came to her. He was, he was off in the European theater, um, and in her dream he came to her, and he was in – is uh, army uniform and he said to her i just want to tell you i love you and i miss you and goodbye now she woke up and three hours later the family found out that her brother had died yeah oh my goodness this is pre-internet <laughs> yeah. you know pre yeah. you know digital phone and everything else so you know how do you explain things like that uh, it I, i'm not as i say all the time I'm not saying everything is true, right. but some of these things you hear about, it's like, how can you, how, what is the rational explanation for this, you know? Yeah, you can't just blanket discount these types of phenomenon. Right. There's too many, there's too many, um, too many uh, accounts. Right. There's too many variables. And they're, t and, and they're too much the same to write them off. Right. You were talking, well, you were talking about, um, um, 
about having those experiences where with where somebody came uh, in death and came to him in, in a dream. My mom had a similar experience to that. Um, I don't know. I guess this has been maybe five years ago. I may have told you guys this story, but uh, so my mom used to date this guy named Jack, and um, he he was he had an al- alcohol issues, and they ended up breaking up, and for many years she didn't talk to him. And one morning she went out to let her dogs out. And when she walked outside, this was how she described it to me. She mm-hmm. said, when I walked outside, I felt Jack's presence. Wow. And mm-hmm. this was somebody that she hadn't seen or talked to in at least five years, probably closer to 10. And a few hours later that day, she got a call that Jack had just died. Wow. And my mom is not the type of person that would just make something like that up. So, oh yeah, yeah, man, uh, that that is so that is so similar to so many of these other cases, and uh, the, as you say, the, the the details may vary, but the core of the of the you know experiences are so similar. Mm-hmm. There, there was another one I remember reading about. There was a uh, two twin brothers, and they were separated, and the one guy got in like a major accident. And the other twin brother immediately like clutched his his chest or his arm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And where the he found other out one later, was hurt. His brother, yeah. And it, they were like three thousand miles away, man. man. One is on the east coast and one was on the west coast. So you know what? Hmm. What are the odds that just at that particular moment, yeah. he gets the shoot pain? You know, it's it's possible. You know, anything's yeah. possible. But well, sure. that, yeah. that's a whole um, other story with the twins and the whole twin connection mm-hmm. and. That could be a show on itself. Yeah. There, there's just yeah. a certain things in this world that can't be explained. Right. Fully agree. Absolutely. Which I love because it's something that, you know, science can't figure out. And that's that's the mystery of it all. I love it. And, and, and I think that's what compels most people at the base. Humans love a good mystery, and, and we love a something – that we can't quite explain. Mm-hmm. We can't get our head around. And, and there's that other, you know, there's certain people. I'm not necessarily one of them, but there's certain people, and I would say the vast majority of scientists are. If they see a gap, they have to fill it in. Mm-hmm. You know, right. don't know. We, we, and, and like I say, a lot of these things I cover, I often do caveats. So on the last, you know, topic that I just did, which was kind of the season finale, mm-hmm. which is about Nant Madol, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there are some, some pretty far out there theories. Yeah. And, and like I said, it does, you know, it's not, I'm not saying this is what it is, but it's here. You know, I'm presenting it. It is a possibility. And I think that's what, you know, like for me, for example, that's what really draws me to this kind of stuff. It's like, one, yes, I, I agree with you guys. I love the fact that we can't explain everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm far from perfect, as I say all the time, but I'm, I'm pretty humble. And, hey, I, I'm the first to admit I like seeing science be baffled now and again. Right. Now, you know, it's not like I want to see us as a as a civilization fail, but it's good to know that there are things out there in this, you know, age of, quote-unquote, age of enlightenment yes. that they can't explain. Yeah, there are certain things that science can't measure. Right. And, and JT, going back to what you just said, that last episode of your podcast, um. They call it the Venice of the Pacific. Yeah, that city. I can't pronounce the city's name. Um, it's but so what it's, is? It's, I, I haven't listened to really it. Easy. Can you just give it's, me like a preview of like what it's about? Here it is. Oh yeah, no, of course. So, 
the story is about a city in Micronesia called Nan Madol, and it's on an island called Ponape. Now, maybe in the back of your mind that kind of, you know, Ponape especially, you might go, okay, I think I've heard of that, um, maybe it's Pompeii. But the reality is Ponape was written about by H.P. Lovecraft. And hmm. I didn't know until I actually researched for this episode, because, again, I've known about Nan Madol for, you know, 30-plus years. But I had no idea that Nan Madol was the basis for Rilia, um, where Cthulhu lives in the H.P. Lovecraft uh, universe, full of nowhere. Mm -hmm. It's on these small islands in Micronesia. Yeah. It's made out of this massive black basalt volcanic uh, stone. Now, if you've ever seen photos or you've heard of the Giant's Causeway in, in Northern Ireland, mm -hmm. and there's those hexagonal black stones, so it's basically built out of that. But the thing is, they didn't just go, okay, here's an island. We're going to build this you know, city on it. They actually went out on the coral reef and built it up on, these, on this coral reef. Hmm. And that's where the term the Venice of the Pacific comes in because there's these channels that run in between these buildings and that, and you can go through on a boat. I see. It's and fascinating. The, yeah. oh, they, they reckon uh, – they haven't counted them, but they, they think it's something like four and a half million of these stones weighing anywhere from a few tons up to 60, <laughs> 70, 80, 90 tons. Sounds a lot and, like the Great Pyramid, uh, right? But it, it, it is. It's, it's insane. Yeah. And, and when you go and look at it and you actually see these photos. Now, again, obviously, guys, unfortunately, I've never got to go there. But just looking at these photos, it's it's awe inspiring. And, you know, you're talking about people in the Pacific. Although, you know, like in navigation, the people of the South Pacific were far in advance of Europe. I mean, they were like a thousand, fifteen hundred years ahead. They sailed outrigger canoes from one end of the Pacific to the mm -hmm. other yeah. when our European ancestors were barely poking around the coast of, right. of Spain and Portugal. But in other ways, you know, when Europeans first came into the Pacific in the, you know, 14, 15, 1600s, they were still living in the Stone Age. They didn't have metals in that. Mm -hmm. So when you start looking at things like this and you're going, oh, well, how did they move it? And one of the one of the things that really fascinated me was I don't know if you've heard the story of the Great Pyramid and the Japanese documentary, but in the 70s, the Japanese basically said, we're going to do a documentary. We're going to show how the pyramids were built. Mm -hmm. And they decided to build a scale model replica, and it was something like, off the top of my head, 100th or 150th of the, the Great Pyramid. They said, oh, we're going to build it traditionally. Now, after three weeks, they'd barely started, and they said, well, we'll bring in this heavy equipment. We'll bring in excavators and, and cranes and that. And they still couldn't build it, okay? Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. And, and this is, you know, with something you know, 3,000 years in advance of, of what the Egyptians had that we know of. Right. And the same thing happened at, um, at Nan Madol. In 1995, the Discovery Channel, you know, was doing a, a documentary, and they said, well, you know, we're going to show how this works. And no stone over one ton was shown to be able to be transported by canoes because that was the, the theory. Right. Anything heavier than the canoes. Hmm. So – if you're saying, okay, the city's built out of two-ton two stones, and we're struggling with anything over one ton, okay, that's a tolerance. But when you're leaping up to 50, 60, 70, 80-ton stones, yeah. and again, on this island, uh, it's very mountainous, it's very wet. It, it is, you know, when you see these uh, movies or TV shows like uh, The Pacific, and you see what the guys went through there, that's what, that's what 
uh, Ponape is like. It's swampy, it's wet, it's humid, it's mountainous. So the stones were quarried 25 miles on the other side of the island. And, I mean, if you think they had trouble in Egypt, you know, by the archaeological mm -hmm. standards of dragging things through the desert, right. imagine trying to do this, you know, on this island. Right. So, and again, part of the reason why I, I, I kind of went off and I had a bit of a disclaimer at the beginning because I see people do it all the time. Not not a lot of people, but they're those those debunkers that go hard after people and they go, oh, well, you're a racist because you're saying that the, you know, the, the people who built this couldn't have built it. Right. No. What I'm saying is we've got a right to ask these questions. And when the people who live on the island tell you, hey, our ancestors didn't build it. Right. It was right. either here when we got here mm -hmm. or someone else built it. It's like you can't have it both ways. It can't be, oh, you know, how dare you question them when they're saying we didn't build it and we don't know who did build it, you know? Yeah. Maybe someone from, you know, not, from not this planet. Right. Yeah, what's your favorite theory on that, JT? On Nan Madol. Well, or just on, on, on those megalithic sites in general that we just can't explain and that we can't even reproduce today with our technology. Like, what do you think is the most likely? Like, because there's the, there's the ancient alien theory. I kind of like Graham Hancock's theory, which is that there was uh, there was a big asteroid strike and 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 previous humans were far more advanced than we give them credit for. That's kind of my favorite theory, but I'm interested to hear what yours is. Now, look, I fully agree. Me personally, and I, I've said it many times on the program, I think that when science tells us we know, you know, basically we know 95% of what's gone on, you know, in, in mankind's history, I, I completely disagree. I think it's completely flipped. I think we know 5% if we're lucky. Right. Mm -hmm. I think there's all kinds of things that have gone on on this planet, mm -hmm. you know, during mankind being here and before that we don't know about. And... Uh, look, I, I fully agree, though. Me personally, my my favorite, you know, one of my favorite topics is ancient civilizations, things like the Piri Reis maps, things like, uh, you know, all these unexplained anomalous things that shouldn't be where they are. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, you know, tobacco is native to the Americas, as you know, and so is cocaine. So how did they find cocaine, you know, traces of cocaine and tobacco in Egyptian mummies? Right. You know, when, when supposedly there was no contact before Columbus in 1492, or if you're being generous by archaeological mm -hmm. terms, the Vikings maybe in right. the 1100s. But, but no, look, uh, I, I love it. And the, But for me personally, if I had to say these megaliths and how were they built, my favorite, you know, my, my favorite theory as far as fun is giants. But my, my favorite theory as far as how I actually think it would have been built I really do believe it's the whole acoustic waves uh, mm -hmm. theory. Sound frequencies. Uh, yes. So so uh, elaborate on that a little bit for people that have no idea what we're talking about. Now, of course. Now, I'll, I'll start out by actually going not that far in the past. So if you go back into the 1930s, there's a gentleman. there was a gentleman in Florida, and he was from Eastern Europe. I don't want to get the wrong country. I think it was Lithuania or Latvia. Yeah. But his name was Edley Scallion. Okay. And he came to the U.S. and he built this amazing structure in southern Florida called the Coral Castle. Yep. Stones up to 30, 40 tons of coral stone. And he built this 100% by himself. Yeah. He had no help. And it's a massive structure. 
Now, this is the amazing bit that, you know, a lot of people who kind of know it from the outside, they don't know all the details. That's not even the best bit. He built it, and then he turned around, and for whatever reason, he said, I need to move this. So he literally moved it to another part of Florida, stone by stone. He hired a truck driver, and he would tell the truck driver, you go, you go off and have your lunch or whatever, and when you come back, the truck will be loaded. And this truck driver would go away, come back, and there'd be 30 or 40 tons of stone on the truck, no signs of a crane or scaffolding or anything like that. And Ed Lee Scallion said multiple times, he told a few different people that he knew how the pyramids were built, and that's how he built the Coral Castle. Right. There are also tales of kids sneaking into the Coral Castle at night to see what he was doing, you know, how we, we all are as teenagers, we're a bit curious and them literally seeing stones floating over the walls hmm. of Coral Castle. Hmm. So the theory behind it is that at specific resonances of sound frequencies, you're able to, for lack of a better term, you know, make something gravitation-free right. and allow it to float versus having to deal with this massive weight. Right. Yeah, and so it's kind of, the way that I've heard it explained is it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like what laser is to light. Um, this is yeah. this is what this is to sound. It's like a super ultra concentrated version of sound. Um, and even oh, yeah. even Nikola Tesla was experimenting with sound yeah, waves and, and, and making objects levitate. And didn't didn't Tesla uh, didn't he didn't Tesla make some um, some bridge like wobble and shake using some sort of acoustic uh, phenomenon, I think. Does that sound familiar? He might have. Tesla did, uh, te he, he Tesla did, did so many amazing things that, you know, for, for example, if it would have been up to Nikolai Tesla and Thomas Edison wouldn't have continually interfered, mm -hmm. we would not have power lines, okay? Right. A hundred years ago, plus, this man showed that you could transmit electricity through the air and you know it would be you'd have very little loss in power mm -hmm. and I've actually seen experiments on different programs where they set up these two Tesla coils about 20 30 feet apart and they had a remote controlled boat in this lake and with no wires no cables anything just this electricity being transmitted through the air they were they were driving this boat around in this lake and it, it was it to you know, to uh, just to picture the experiment, it's one thing to look at you know a book or something, but to see this happening in real life. Now, obviously, this was on a small scale, but on a massive scale, he was talking about things like having, you know, his quote was airships because mm -hmm. it was before planes, flying around the world, not needing to refuel, basically being on a giant electric train system, mm -hmm. but in the air. Yeah, and mm -hmm. I, I mean, like, like you say, this guy was so freaking far ahead of his time. It's no wonder that a lot of people have said, "Was he an alien?" You know, right. um, yeah. What was he tapping into Akashic records or something? Right. And a, a really fascinating thing, a lot of people don't necessarily know was uh, at the end when he died, and all of his files and that were you know seized by the U.S. government. Do you know who was uh, involved in that? Actually, who was? Yeah, I do. We're losing you. Come back, JT. Yeah, you're breaking up. Let's let's hold on that. We'll take a break. Yeah. And we will be right back in just a moment. This is the one and only Old 77.
your memories. Pregnancy, kids growing up, family, senior year of high school, getting engaged. You want to keep those moments forever. But the problem with most photographers is they decide which moments you keep. They'll sell you a single picture or a big all-inclusive package that might include photos you don't want at a cost that's outside of your budget. That's why I don't. You decide. A single photo, a single hour, you choose. You get all of your edited photos, everything, at Andrew Marie Photography. You get quality photos at prices you can afford. After all, they're your memories. Find us on Facebook, Andrew Marie Photography and Custom Design. The Old 77, a show where we pick a topic, but rarely stick with it. Welcome back to the old 77. We are a safe place. And an unsafe world. And today, JT is on the show. What's up, JT? So you were talking about uh, the last, in the last segment, you were talking about uh, a little something when Tesla dying. We think we know, we we think we know the answer, but. So one thing a lot of people, you know, who just kind of casually know who Nikola Tesla was and kind of know what he did and he was involved in electricity, they don't actually realize that when he died, the U.S. government basically went into his hotel room in New York rifled through his files, basically took whatever they wanted. The office of, uh, I believe it was like the office of alien services or something like that, meaning foreigners, not UFO aliens, basically went through, rifled through, and took what they wanted. Hmm. Now, the fascinating bit about all this that ties into right now in 2020 is the person who was in charge of that group or that operation was Donald Trump's uncle, Fred Trump. Yep. Who was a scientist. Yep. How about that? It's hard to believe that there was a Trump that was a scientist. <laughs> wow. He must have been the well, greatest right. scientist. <laughs> well, yeah, so you, so you know Do you think that's a coincidence? Know, for 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 a planet of seven billion plus people, it's amazing how connected so yeah. many of these things are because mm-hmm. there was a young lady who did a research project. I just remember seeing it in like unbelievable facts. And she basically showed that every president, bar two, are related. So, you know. Yeah, kind of makes you wonder. It is amazing how interconnected some of these things are. Yeah, yeah that's these, weird. These little clubs, uh, you know, the Skull and Bones oh, Club. Yeah. The yeah. Mason. Uh, yeah, the whole Mason, Mason connection yeah. Yeah, with Freemasonry. Yeah. JT, what's your take on the Illuminati? I definitely think that there's something to it. Um, they may not call themselves the Illuminati. But there are definitely groups in this world that have an undue amount of influence, generally through finances, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, people like the Rothschilds mm-hmm. and, you know, on and on and on. We've all heard the names, the Bilderberg Group. Mm-hmm. Rockefellers. Rockefellers, I, yeah. I, if you've got the food pyramid, of, mm-hmm. I honestly don't know who's at the top, but <laughs> – you know, you could tell me, you could prove to me it was reptilians, and you could prove to me that it was super rich old guys, and you could prove to me that it was people with the, you know, the RH negative bloodline, <laughs> and I would not be shocked by any of it because the way that humanity is, I would not be shocked at all if there's a small group at the top saying, well, yeah, we'll give them this, but yeah, you know, we're going to keep control of this 95% of everything else. 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that sounds that crazy. It doesn't in the grand scheme of things, no. But, you know, the idea that these people are having meetings and, I don't know, eating children. And... So do you feel the Illuminati <laughs> are... <laughs> I like how you just slipped that in. Well, do you feel thing. the Illuminati are still active today then, or is that a thing of the past? Well, the Illuminati was definitely a real thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there was a group, um, I think it was the Bavarian Illuminati that was founded in the 1700s. So the Illuminati as a group did exist at one point. I, again, whether it's the Illuminati or it's a, they call themselves by another name, mm -hmm. I think that there is there are definitely clandestine meetings going on at very high levels across political lines, across country lines, uh, all across the world. It, it may be something as simple as five people get together at a Swiss chalet and have dinner and talk about, well, you know, my oil stocks are really, you know, kind of suffering during this. What can we do? Let's put pressure on this country to stop producing oil. That's human nature. Right. And, you know, do I believe there's this massive overarching conspiracy that every little thing in the world is maintained and managed? No, I, I don't. And the reason is, when you look at really simple things that are governments, so the U.S. government being the biggest, you know, kind of boys on the block, and you look at some of the fumbling bumbling that goes on, I really struggle to believe that some overarching group controls everything on the planet. Yeah, I agree. And they're Certain doing it that well. important things, yes, but yeah. Yeah, and that, and yeah. then, yeah. I agree. I think we agree on that. Yeah, I think we definitely agree on that. <laughs> <laughs> there is there is some kind of pentaverate though you're right there's somebody there that they're doing something you know i guess the big question is is it is it the people that we would suspect it would be presidents and and senators or maybe there's no. a, maybe or is there's it another... the church well the church definitely is powerful you know you have the catholic church too they're they're not really an organization they're a bank yeah they're kind of their own separate thing yeah. them in the nfl <laughs> I, I personally believe that elected officials are, for lack of a better term, almost like actors. They come in, they play a part, they do their certain amount of time, and they may have free reign to do certain things, but I'm sure there are other subjects and other topics that they're basically told, this is taboo, yeah. this is oh, yeah. off the agenda, you don't talk about this, because, uh, again, I mean... I've known people who have told me these things. I've not known presidents, but I've known people in state legislature in mm -hmm. the U.S. I've known people here. I've known people in the U.K. in parliament, and they've had, you know, they've basically been told, we don't talk about this. We don't talk about that. You know, 95% of it is wide open. You do what you want. But, you know, for example, you'd never get up in parliament and start talking about UFOs. You would never get up in parliament and start talking about, you know, for lack of better words, uh, like a secret space program, mm -hmm. there are certain topics that they're basically told, you know, you stay out of this. And anyone who says, oh, well, how do you control a president? I don't have the exact figures, but most of the presidents who have gone into office after they left office, you give them five or ten years, their wealth may go from a few million to several hundred million dollars. Now, maybe they're earning it from speaking gigs and that. All I'm saying it is it's a very lucrative position, and, you know, they're definitely earning a lot more than that, you know, $250,000 a year salary or whatever it is. Right. And, again, it, it, it's across the world. It's not just there. 
our ex-prime minister here is now like second or third in charge of the UN. So, Small so world. speaking of, of you guys there, how is everything COVID related? I just heard where you uh, in New Zealand got locked down again. Everything, everything cool? So I guess it's one of those things, guys, where if you're not going through it, um, you know, it's easy for us to grope and, and groan about different things. So, you know, just just take what I'm going to say with a with a <laughs> with a caveat, because I do look, you know, I've lived here for nearly 20 years and, and it's my home. But America is where I'm from. And, uh, you know, I feel for the country when the country struggles. I literally hurt, you know, because I don't want to see America suffer here compared to the U.S. I mean, let's say, uh, you know, zero to 100 um, and, you know, you guys are kind of going up 50, 60. Here we might be 10. So, yes, mm -hmm. we've, we've had another outbreak. But basically what happened was we had an outbreak in the community that wasn't at the airport or at the borders. They couldn't explain where it came from, so they basically put us into level three lockdown, which just basically means, um, you know, you can't go out to eat. You can go and pick up uh, to-go orders. You can go in the supermarket. Uh, don't travel unless you have to, and you, you can't leave our region. So it would be like locking down Missouri and saying you can't go to Illinois, you can't go to Kansas mm -hmm. unless you've got good reason to. Mm -hmm. uh, and we went – the thing that annoyed me and annoyed a lot of other people, I, I knew straight away they said, oh, well, we're going to lock down for three days, and I went – we ain't locking down for three. You wouldn't even go through this process if it was going to be three days. Right. So three days into two weeks, and then they tacked on another week. So supposedly tomorrow, Sunday, will be the last day of level three. We'll go back to level two. But in comparison to the U.S. and a lot of places like Australia, Australia's really had a second wave that's hit them hard. We have the good fortune of being on an island, on, on two large islands and a bunch of smaller ones. Australia is over 2,000 miles away, sure. so we're quite fortunate that the odds of somebody just rocking up here, you know, unannounced and spreading COVID all over is zero. Yeah, because they're gonna, you know, they catch them at the airport. Yeah, that's nice. That's that's a nice feature yeah. to have built into your home country right now. Because <laughs> the United States is definitely not an island. No, it feels like it though sometimes. <laughs> uh, I'll say that it feels like it. <laughs> I know what you mean, man. When I've seen some of those in the past and they've got those, uh, you know, they'll go to the people on the street and they'll go, they'll show them a map and they'll go, okay, point to Germany. And they point to like Africa and you're right. going, yeah, you should be able to get that one right. Right. Like how did you pass <laughs> simple high school stuff? Come on, man. That's Jimmy Kimmel's uh, favorite thing to do, isn't oh, it? Oh, Jimmy Kimmel loves doing yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> or like he'll walk up to people and he'll right. talk about, you know, did you hear when Trump said this or you hear when Obama said that? And it'll be something that none of them said, but the people will just completely go along with them and agree. So why don't you go ahead and promote yourself here, JT? Tell us where we can listen to you. Yeah, of course. So uh, as I was saying earlier, I started this whole journey with The Fortunate Son. And the idea with The Fortunate Son was that, you know, I wanted, I literally wanted to name the program Everything But The Kitchen Sink. But as time went on, I very quickly worked out that the paranormal, unexplained UFOs, that kind of stuff, was going to take up a good bit of the show. And so I, I split it into two programs. That's why, and I've kept with the Sun theme. And potentially in future, there may be other podcasts, and I'll try and keep them all under the Sun banner so it's easy to find. So... You can go, you know, you can go to, you can go anywhere, 
Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google. I've got my own website, so you can just go to www.theparanormalsun.com. And I've got separate pages there for both of the podcasts. All the podcasts are hosted there, as well as through Anchor. So it's it's really good. You know, you can go there. You can have a look at whatever you want. As I say, you know, my, my whole thing with the program is I just try to be genuine. I try to be myself. I try to have a bit of fun with it. But all of these topics we're talking about, I, I at least try to give them a little bit of sincerity. No matter how outlandish some of the things are, I'll, I'll listen to them. You know, there are some conspiracy theories out there that I'm telling you right now, I'm not even wasting my breath with them. But, you know, I'll, I'll hear someone out. But as soon as they start stating things that I know or I personally have seen is a fact, uh, like the curvature of the earth, <laughs> then I'll, uh, it's just like, look, I'll be respectful to you as long as you're respectful to me. Absolutely. But there are some things that are just a step too far for me. The yeah. flat earth theory, man. Come on. <laughs> the curvature of the earth. That's one of my favorite things, though, about your podcast, man, is that yeah. Um, yeah. you – um, you just put the facts out there and, you know, you, like you said, you might hint at what your, what your opinion is, but you pretty much leave it up to the listener to listen to the facts and come to mm -hmm. their own conclusions, form their own opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And JT, the, uh, I really liked the Wendingo episode. Yeah, man, that was, that was that a great thing, episode. Heart stopping, dude. So now I'm going to like be looking out my window in the wintertime <laughs> to make sure there's not two bloody holes sitting around windows and stuff now. Yeah. Oh. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you what, guys. I'm sitting here in the sun in the spring uh, in New Zealand where there's nothing like a Wendigo, and I'm literally getting goosebumps right now just hearing you guys talking <laughs> just, about the yeah. Wendigo. So, oh. so trust me, I feel you. Yeah, no. Yeah. That was one that I really – I mean, I think I may have skimmed over it. A long time ago, but that yeah. was one I really never dug that deep into. I, I had heard of them from Native American myth and mythologies, mm -hmm. and that they're they're huge. Yeah. They're really prominent in Native mythology. Scott told me yeah. about it yesterday, and yeah. then I went and checked it out, and I'm like, "Wow!" I was like, "Have you listened to that episode so, yet?" And he's like, yeah. "No." I I just subscribed, <laughs> and um, yeah, man, great episode. Yeah, it was, it was a really good episode. And then I listened to another one, uh, and it was uh, the quite unusual podcast. Yeah, those two, those they're really good. I enjoyed them. They were doing it from the haunted attic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those those two are awesome. And like you guys at the old seventy seven. I mean, as you were saying before, look, there's room in this world for all of us to succeed. And Absolutely. I want to see people I like succeed. I, I I don't see any point in rooting against, you know, people who are good people who take the time to actually care about you and you know the old 77 quite unusual pod i mean you know both the programs like those girls literally would check with me nearly every day how's william is everything okay are you okay are you mm -hmm. holding up all right yeah and you know that kind of stuff to me i'm big on loyalty and that's why every program you know you guys get a shout out they get a shout out every program of the paranormal sun because it's that loyalty and it's that fact that you guys actually care and anybody can have someone on and say hey we'd like to interview you and then you know basically clap their hands together and go yeah have a nice life right it's completely different to have someone who actually gives gives a damn and like to say scott you know you helping me with the audio starting out and just giving me that self-confidence man that meant all the world to me and it really allowed me to just kind of go from a guy running around with an iphone you know <laughs> up to trying to take it up a, a, up a notch mm -hmm. 
And it's sounding great, man. Yeah, You're, you're coming a long way. I, I watched a video the other day you did where you were editing. I was like, yes, he's got waveforms and everything. This is great. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Yeah, I mean, I, when I was looking early on, uh, and, you know, we talked about the different programs, mm-hmm. I just stumbled across that, and they had a free trial. And it, it was pretty easy for me to use. I know it's not the biggest or the, but, you know, it was something that I could work my way through pretty easily. And, you know, I think it went, uh, two weeks went through or whatever. And, and being an Australian um, distributor, it's really funny because they're one of those, it's like, if you like our product, you know, we're not telling you you have to, but we'd like it if you would buy it. So it was like <laughs> 60 bucks, right? So I'm like, oh yeah, I can, I can find that money in the budget. Heck but it's yeah. just so funny. You know, it's not like, okay, your trial's over. It's just like, if you're enjoying this, we, we would really like if you would buy it. You know? <laughs> Are you sure it's not a Canadian <laughs> product? <laughs> They're so nice. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Hey. They, didn't, they didn't say guy and you know, it didn't say, Hey guy, you know, uh, uh, that's a dead so, giveaway. No, it wasn't Canadian. <laughs> So there, guy, you having a great time? Hosers. Hey, did you give us? Are, are, are you on Patreon too, JT? Did you already give us your Patreon? Yeah, do you have your oh, Patreon info no. too? No, thanks, guys. Um, yeah, I, I am on Patreon. So I set up a Patreon account for the Fortunate Sun and the Paranormal Sun because, again, it's just although it's me, it's it's all JT. It all falls under Tower Studios, okay? But the whole idea is, you know, if if somebody says, I want to specifically support you on that program, so maybe you put out more content or whatever, they've got that opportunity. So, you know, I've got Patreon pages set up for both. The Paranormal Sun one is quite fun because I set up the tiers, you know, talking about some of these people that you all know about. So, you know, I think off the top of my head, you know, I know that I've got the Robert Steck tier. (laughs) I've got the Leonard Nimoy tier. I've got the Arthur C. Clarke tier. Some of these guys that when I was growing up, I got my influences in this stuff from, you know, I, and the top tier is obviously the Charles Fort tier because every week, you know, I, need, yeah. I do the news of the dam. So, so he's at the top tier. And for a lot of people in this day and age, you know, I, I fully – look, I've got one uh, Patreon subscriber who's a good, you know, good friend of mine, and they have actually helped by, by – doing that they've allowed me to do things like buy ink and that but um the reality is i understand there are a lot of people in this world struggling a lot worse than i am right now at least we've got one income so if people can't give you know i never try and guilt trip people if they just feel like giving a one-off you can go to the the paranormal sun website and there's a paypal donate button there you know you can send me a dollar if somebody wanted to send a dollar or whatever but you know it, you guys know there's lots of other things you can do you can promote the programs you can tell your friends as you have you can you know go on your social media you can go on to uh, apple podcasts and and like and five star the shows you know i i was really blown away early on because I can't see the U.S. Apple podcast site. Uh, they they lock it down so that if you live in New Zealand and you go to look at Apple Podcasts, you get the New Zealand site, you get the Australian site if you're in Australia, so on and so forth. So when people told me, dude, you got like three or four five-star reviews on Apple, I'm looking, I'm like, I don't see them. <laughs> um, and then uh, one of my friends from the U.S. screenshotted all of them and sent them through. So... Yeah, uh, things like that, you know, they, they, they help your podcast come up the front of the algorithm. And just like anything, you know, if you see somebody who's got consistent, good reviews, 
you know, you might, even if you listen to an episode and you go, this isn't really my cup of tea, you might try another one because you might go, well, you know, there's a lot of other people who like this, so maybe yeah. I'm just missing yeah. something. Heck yeah. We appreciate all the five-star yeah, thumbs man. up, all of that stuff we can get. <laughs> anything, anything positive, even negative I'll take. Yeah, yeah I'll we'll, even, take, we'll take feedback of any Yeah, kind. I'll even oh. take the negative. It's Absolutely. all right. We're making me making people think. Hopefully, people tell us how bad we suck all the time, man. It's okay. Hopefully, hopefully we suck <laughs> enough that, that they want to tune back in and geez, and maybe give us five dollars a month. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you guys are terrible. Here's five That's bucks it. a month to go away. <laughs> <laughs> so if you would like to call or text the old seventy-seven listener line, feel free. Pick up the phone. Give us a call five seven three two four six zero seven seven nine. We're also on Patreon. Uh, patreon.com slash the old 77 podcast jt thanks for being on the show today man no of course guys and um sorry just moving around a bit to no get worries. closer to the server um and look in future if, if you want to have me on again uh, i'd love to be on one of the one of the guys who kind of does a lot of stuff his name's kenneth height and uh, i've connected to him on facebook and that and i love kenneth height because he's like that guest host you know like mm -hmm. remember you used to watch the love boat and mash and that growing up and there'd always be some star you could kind of tell they were promoting a movie or something because they're on all these oh, yeah. all these different right, programs right. all of a sudden and um and, and that's how kenneth Hyde is and this guy's hilarious and so if i can be your version of that <laughs> i'm happy to be on the program at any time sweet heck yeah man heck yeah Awesome, man. We'll have to have you on again soon, brother. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, have a great good. have a great Saturday. Yeah, enjoy your en enjoy tomorrow, man. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't gotten <laughs> no, there thanks, yet. Thanks, guys. <laughs> we'll talk to you later, brother. Take See care. You. Thank you. See you, brother. Thank you. See you, JT. This was the old 77. It's a safe place in an unsafe world. Welcome back to the old 77. It's a safe place. In an unsafe world. <laughs> Threw you for a loop there. Dude, I'll tell you, man, after talking to JT, right. there is so much mystery in this world. Oh, man, that guy, he, he knows so much. When, like, he was when I like, listen to his shows, he brings up stuff that I, I, I'm like, man, I never even heard of When that. he was spitting off all this stuff, I'm like, this guy just must read this, this stuff all the time. You know, when he was doing that, I, I was thinking to myself how fortunate we are to be able to get people like JT and JP yeah. and and all of the, the, the fine people that we have on our show. We, we, have, we have some really intelligent people, and, and when you get them all together, it's like, wow. We're really fortunate to have these people around us here in Jeff City. I, I totally agree, Scott. Like, Man. They can share the knowledge with their right. knowledge with us. And uh, we're talking about Wendigo. The, the Wendigo. Wendigos, yeah. man. Yeah. That so is some, like, scary-ass shit. It's, it's so good. So good. So I was telling Matt... Another, uh, the first time I'd heard of the of the Wendigo was was during you know mythology and things. But watch the first season of Supernatural. There's a there's a Wendigo episode, and it, it's really good. I think you actually get to see it at the end. So the whole the whole premise of the Wendigo is like uh, so when people are out traveling, right, and they run out of food, and while they're traveling, they have to resort to cannibalism to survive. And so the act, I guess, of eating the flesh or maybe the whole being out in the cold mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, shape the image of this thing. Right. So you have to imagine, like, it's a person, so it's all up and hunched over, but it, it craves flesh. And right. it, it, 
and it, it just has this insatiable hunger, and it just wants to eat and eat and eat, and its feet, it doesn't care about pain or anything, because its feet have rotted away, and they're just two bloody stumps. And that's, one of the stories was that he looked, somebody had looked out their window and saw two bloody holes in the snow by their window, and that's when they knew the Wendigo was, was, was there, yes. watching them. Oh. There was another story that JT told. It was real. Oh, it creeped me out. Mm-hmm. Where it was a it was a couple that lived by a pond, mm-hmm. and the the woman loved. They had just frogs everywhere and loved the frogs. And her grandma used to tell her that the frogs kept the Wendigo away, and her husband hated them. And so he would go hunt them. And he finally like it's it has to be a myth because the dude hunted them all to extinction. And that night the Wendigo came and slaughtered them all. What? And the next day they were they were all dead. Wow. Yeah. That's spooky. Right? Ooh. So the next time you're walking down the street, yeah, and it's dark out, just remember it's the Wendigo. <laughs> <laughs> but great episode. Yeah, it was a great episode. Yeah, and uh he you know, he's 17 hours from uh, 17 hours ahead of us. Yeah, so we're literally recording this. We called him at 9 p.m. Central. For him, it was two in the afternoon on Saturday. So he's in the future. <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> you can check us out at our Patreon page. Absolutely. Patreon.com slash the old 77 podcast. Also call or text the old 77 listener line 573-246-0779. That's 573-246-0779. But a big thank you to all of our, our fans, especially our Patreon subscribers. Absolutely. DB Nice and Toby Dean. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. So we will see you guys next week. New episode will come out next Tuesday. If you're a Patreon subscriber, you will get the week after that. Mm-hmm. You'll get it early. You'll get the next week. And you also get an episode of bonus content that no one hears other than you. That's right. That's right. And you can find it all at patreon.com slash the old 77 podcast. All right, guys. Well, have a great night. Yep. See you guys. See ya. Bye. This is the one and only old 77. Call or text the old 77 listener line at 573-246-0779. I think I read those the same way I did the last one. But no, I can't remember. Um, okay.